the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. This is WPTF Radio, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm Reese Edwards. Hello, everybody. Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament Basketball is on the air. This is Wally Osley. This is Bill Jackson speaking. Hello, everybody. Welcome now to Sportsline. Gary Dornberg with you. I'm Tony Rixby, WPTF News. Hello, this is Charles Kuralt, CBS News, WPTF in Raleigh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. I'm Don Curtis. Hello, friends. This is Bill Friday, WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus. Sadbiston on the Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator, Tom Campbell. Thanks for watching this week's NC Spin. Now, here is Hank Kaiser. Hi, yo. Well, that's good. This is Art Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. The Monitor Edition of News of the World. Debnam views the news. And now, here is Mr. Debnam. Good afternoon, everyone. Yours truly, Sam Beard. And Jim Reed. And Carl Gert. Thank you, Sam. And greetings to all of our listeners. This is Harry Presley, WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wayne is standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. For the nocturne, we send as... This is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of familiar carols. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Lightman, WPTF News. Good evening, I'm David Sherrill. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Gale here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Everyone, great to have you with us. This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venters. WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raw. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Raley and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Gardener program. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF Record Vault. Good morning to you. Tom Kearney here. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike Ann and Rufus. Uh, we're back on. <laughs> we're back on WPTF with. Uh, we're talking about all of uh, the people that Rufus put in jail over the years as Attorney General and. Uh, yeah, some of them are my best friends now. Some, some of them, uh, yeah, that's right. So it's it's funny how things work. But at any rate, uh, Rufus is with us, uh, and uh, we've got Gerald Adams who uh, has a lot to do with how great the Centennial Campus looks and the Chancellor's Residence and all of that, because he spends a lot of time out there looking at yews, prostrate yews, and, and all that you have planted there. There's deer-resistant plants, and there aren't many of them, are there? It's a, it's a small list when you get, get right yeah. down to yeah. it. And there, there aren't many. Kitty was looking for one that was small, and there are not many of those. And uh, Dan Stern is with us from the Botanical Gardens at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And, Dan, you have 
something going on all the time there. There's always something to do. But you have uh, something very special coming up next Saturday. Yeah, we do, Mike. So we're doing our uh, annual fall plant sale next Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., uh, really great opportunity to come out and uh, talk with some experts about what kind of native plants will do well in your yard. We've got everything from flowering perennials to ferns, to trees and shrubs. Um, if you want to check out um, some of the species that will be available, you can visit our website. That's ncbg.unc.edu. Uh, there's some information there about the upcoming event. And, you know, also we've got some other great programs going on this fall. Our Sculpture in the Garden show is in full swing. Uh, that's uh, 86 installations from uh, 57 different artists, most of them uh, from here in North Carolina. That'll be um, up through December 3rd. Uh, so really great opportunity to enjoy some crisper fall air and get out in the garden as the leaves are changing color. And, you know, I'll mention um, donations are appreciated at the North Carolina Botanical Garden, but there is no admission to come visit our site. I think that's something that uh, may might surprise a lot of people. So we are by the people for the people. Um, mm-hmm. Come out and see us. We're just uh, downhill from the Dean Dome over in Chapel Hill, the North Carolina Botanical Garden. And then we've got a great fall festival, Nature Fest, um, coming up on October 22nd. And this is uh, uh, kind of geared towards kids' activities and um, family um, just uh, getting out and sort of enjoying some uh, some games and some activities outdoors um, as we get into sort of the peak of fall color. Mm-hmm. I, we always try to do, Melissa and I try to do a twofer. We go to the Botanical Gardens uh, after we've eaten at Merritt's. So that's that's what we always try to do. And you have you folks are really doing something special. There are a lot of Carolina graduates who are familiar with the Arboretum at uh, on the campus there and y'all are doing something very special with oh that. yeah we have a, a really interesting project going on there right now mike um so the arboretum is uh, you know right in the middle of unc's campus next to the moorhead planetarium it's a five acre garden that's actually celebrated its 120th anniversary this year so it's a really historic garden uh, beautiful kind of central park feel with big open lawns and, and trees. But we the project that we've got going on is the uh, re, uh, rebuilding of a historic arbor. This is a vine-covered walkway that uh, runs about 300 feet along one edge of the arboretum. Uh, next to the old well, it's probably the most photographed spot in Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this structure uh, dates back to 1911, uh, it's uh, and we're doing a complete renovation of it right now. Um, Who's responsible for building that? Who, yeah. Whose idea was it? Uh, well, Dr. Coker built it originally. Um, you know, for that's a big the, name in yeah, horticulture. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, so he started that in 1911, um, and I think it took about two years to uh, originally build that. It's made out of black locust, so harvested from up in the mountains of North Carolina. You know, they say black locusts last two years longer than a rock <laughs> in the ground. So They make fences, fences out of locusts. That's yeah, right. right. That's fence Yeah, that's why. So we're going to rebuild uh, with a lot of the same materials, black locust posts, um, and make it some slight tweaks to the design of that structure, and we'll replant it with southeastern native vines. So um, that project is, uh, you know, we, we've done the demolition part, um, and we're going to start with the reconstruction part um, coming. <laughs> up in the the next few months with the hopes that we'll be able to plant that in the spring so um yeah come check it out it's going to be a much um it's gonna be a much better um more beautiful part of campus i hear people 
complaining about vines in their their landscape uh how do we control vines <laughs> how do y'all how do y'all uh do y'all what type of vines are y'all planting you say native right. but uh, give us an example yeah well uh you know what was originally on the arbor is a non-native uh invasive species of wisteria but there <laughs> is well, it's tr- triggering how about that rufus here i didn't know that but there is uh there is a really beautiful uh native species of wisteria that grows down east um it the flowers are a little bit smaller but it's a deeper richer purple um, they're really beautiful. So we'll have a lot of that on this arbor, but then we'll also use uh, some Carolina jessamine vine that, you know, we'll, it's going to be a mix of things that are, some of them are deciduous, some of them are evergreen. We'll have some things flowering at different times of the year. Mm, very good. Um, what I think we're going to do with this arbor is um, probably do a really hard pruning on them. Um, so this is, you know, to cut them back to, you know, the top of the arbor and let them kind of, you know, uh, regenerate from there. We might not, we'll probably do that every three to five years. Um, and that keeps them from strangling the structure or strangling trees is a problem that, you know, I know Rufus has dealt with and oh, yeah. a lot of folks, yeah. have, you know. So uh, really hard pruning because these are perennial plants and they will re-sprout and, you know, branch out. When is this going to be finished? Well, I'm hoping that we're planting this um, in April uh, uh-huh. 2024. Um, you know, we're going into a time of the year where construction can, you know, uh, subject to the vagaries of the weather. That's right. But, um, like you today. Know, everything, yeah, everything stays on track. We'll be planting this in April. Mm. How about that? Uh, I'm very proud, Dan, to think I've told you to have a bench for Linda and me yeah. in the Coker Arboretum. And every time I go by, there's a same particular same person. person they're studying. It's not. It's not like in Boone where the, uh, the Doc Watson statue is yeah, I, just I'm sitting there. I've, I've often wondered. And okay, I didn't know I if asked it was him how a statue. Doing. I said, "How's your How's your life at Carolina?" He said, "Well, I'm working on it, and I, I just assume he's been there six or eight years." <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exciting. It really is. And uh, do you need donations for? For yes, this project? Yes, we do. So there's a, again, our website is www.ncbg.unc.edu, and there's a tab there for support. And um, yeah, this is a project that we're doing uh, in conjunction with UNC Facility Services, but um, a lot of the, the Arbor um, sort of reconstruction is being funded by the North Carolina Botanical Garden Foundation. That's the nonprofit that supports, helps support the garden. Uh, so they're, you know, putting a lot of, um, you know, putting a lot of um, commitment into it. But we do need some funding to kind of um, finish it out. So that'd be great. If listeners want to be a part of this iconic piece of campus. There's an opportunity there to, um, you know, really give where it counts. North Carolina State's uh, Rawson Arboretum is kind of a laboratory for the nursery industry. Are y'all, do y'all do similar work or? In a different, your- yeah, in a different way, um, we're so fortunate to have um, you know three or four major botanic gardens in the Triangle area, yes. and they each kind of have their own niche. But uh, J.C. Ralston has um, really had a sort of a long history of um, introductions and trials, mm-hmm. and sort of that sort of side of the research. I would say the research that we're focused on is uh, about developing techniques for. Uh, growing and propagating southeastern native species. So how do you collect the seed, clean the seed, uh, germinate the seed? What can we do with cuttings or vegetative propagation? So we literally wrote a book on that subject in the early 90s, and I think we've gathered enough new information that we could write a second one now. 
You say you? No, not me this personally. Or, yeah. but, uh, what is the, what, what's the book? Is it still available? Yeah, uh, that's written by Harry Phillips. It's called Growing and Propagating Wildflowers. Uh, he was a curator at the North Carolina Botanical Garden in the early 90s. Um, and yeah, he, uh, he wrote this seminal work on, you know, how you can collect, easily collect wildflower seeds, um, and how to grow them up and then add them to your garden. Is it v- available at, the, I know you all have a bookstore and mm-hmm. gift shop mm-hmm. there. Is it available there? It sure is. It oh, sure okay. is. Well, yeah. I'll pick up a copy next time. I Along with some seed packets, right? We have a, a lot of native wildflower seed packets available in our gift shop. So that's um, something that people can check in on when they come visit us. Every horticulturist we've ever had on this show has preached plant native. You, yeah. You'll get much better yield and, and beauty from something that's, that's happy. Yeah, and, right plant, right plant, right place. Yeah, that's. By the way, is Cosmos considered a wild uh, native plant? Not here in North Carolina, uh, Texas, and you know further west. Um, yeah. Mm. Okay. Do y'all, like do y'all uh, have? We all have the pink naked ladies or the, uh, bulbs. Uh, we available have, at the sale. Yeah, we won't have them available at the sale. Um, they tend to transplant best um, in uh, sort of the or late spring, early summer when they're going dormant. So we'll probably do a harvest from the Coke Arboretum uh, and make them available then. Um, but this is when they're in full flower. So um, definitely mm. come to the Coke Arboretum, uh, you know, right in the middle of UNC's campus and check those out. They are um, in a, they're a stunning display right now. This is a time when uh, we should probably buy spring flowering bulbs like daffodils and so forth that are probably the most popular. But there are bulbs that we can plant for every season. So true. So true. I've also been seeing a lot of those autumn crocus flowering right now, not at the botanical garden per se. We probably have some at the Coke Arboretum, but I've got some in my yard. And, you know, to see them coming out of the ground this time of year, it's almost like magic. Rufus has autumn crocus. I know that. Oh, absolutely. You've talked about it. Uh, Gerald, a lot of people are um, thinking about lawns, and I want to talk about that in uh, our next segment. Uh, a lot of, and a lot of people good. are dealing with that hot weather we've had this and summer. And it's good we've got all this rain. You might be able to punch a hole in your That's <laughs> right. A lot of people are aerating now, and uh, that, that should help because the ground is hard, that clay soil. And we'll talk about that coming up, and we'll talk with Richard. Uh, straight ahead here on the WPTF Weekend Gardener, it's 1023. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, well, uh, you'll be bumping around for different reasons now, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about your tires and your car and your suspension and everything. So uh, beware of potholes. There are still some out there, even though they've been doing a lot of paving in the triangle area, in our listening area. But uh, if you uh, hit a few potholes, you're going to have problems with your tires, your suspension, a lot of other things. King's Auto Service can handle that problem. Uh, Plus, they can handle most anything else for your car. And it's always good to get things checked before they happen, Uh, just like uh, a physical with uh, your doctor. You can go and and get your car checked out with uh, king's auto service uh, the hybrid vehicles also they have certified hybrid technicians there and uh, whether it's the little 12 volt battery in your car or that uh, big several thousand dollar 
monstrosity that you have in your uh, your hybrid vehicle depending on the size you can uh, certainly get that checked out and they can sell you a replacement battery for uh, your hybrid vehicle for less than the dealer might charge you but they can get all that checked and in your your uh, heating air conditioning uh, electrical systems all of it at king's auto service and why because they have really top technicians there including the owner uh, dean bailey his uncle owned this uh many many years ago the the business was started in 1946 so they really uh, have a wonderful tradition they're in raleigh uh, at 1039 northwest street so go check them out uh, and say hello to dean bailey when you go by there i think you'll be very satisfied with uh, all of uh the experience and workmanship uh, that they have at King's Auto Service in Raleigh. All right, uh, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. We'll uh, check out some callers that we have uh, here in line, and we'll also talk to Gerald and uh, Dan and Rufus about things. Gerald, I want to talk about uh, the, uh, the lawns. Coming up here on WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back on uh, WPTF with uh, Weekend Gardener here at 98.5, 680 WPTF in Raleigh. But uh, I'm telling you, this big old big old transmitter and tower, we get out there. So um, you can give us a call at 919-860-9783. I'm going to talk uh, in a few minutes. We're going to... Get some callers in, and uh, we'll talk about the fescue lawns that a lot of people have in this area. Richard is in Raleigh. Hey, Ra- uh, Richard. Hey, hello. Hey, hello. Hey, another day in paradise, right? Yes, sir. It is it, absolutely. I don't yeah, mind. So you know, I, I don't I, mind the rain. I'm thankful yeah, for neither, it. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. I. Just wish we would have had some last month a little bit. More. Oh yeah, uh, no, but ain't that the truth? Uh, yeah. How can we help you today, Richard? Well, um, I heard you guys talking and um, uh, about my window of opportunity on planting some vegetable plants. Um, um, I heard you talk about you know broccoli and some cabbage and and collards are probably pretty much at the end of the window, but uh, you didn't say anything about collard, I mean, um, cauliflower or things like that. And, 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 Ca- cauliflower. pretty much past or? Cauliflower is not as good of a fall vegetable as it is the spring. Uh, it takes a little longer to develop, and it doesn't like the cooler weather uh, like <laughs> collards uh, and Brussels sprouts do. So I, some years – if you were going to plant cauliflower, you probably should have had it in the ground before the 1st of September. And even then, you may get a two-thirds of a type head that you would get in the springtime. Now, Richard, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to get you some collard and turnip salad plants and yeah, get you not, some fat not, back from the farmer's market. Not too late to sow a turnip salad seed. <laughs> uh, you're still in the window yeah. of opportunity for that. Uh, if you're a little bit late on planting the collards and cabbage, and I would just really – fertilize them well uh and keep them watered because looks that that's not an issue now uh but yeah. can be later on because sometimes october can be really dry uh and yeah. just kind of speed up the growth and development yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I got a uh, little text from or a uh, message, Facebook message from Stan, and he was asking about potatoes. Can, is it too late mm-hmm. to plant to ba- uh, potatoes? Um, Not unless you want one about the size of a grape. Yeah, the, it, it, it's probably too late uh, to do that. Yeah. That's really a late winter yeah. issue, generally speaking, here. Yeah. Okay. So I was so I was at the farmers market and I picked up some 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 collards and stuff like that and they're, they're, they they look like they're good sets and stuff like that so I probably that's probably to my advantage as well as also absolutely yes. and yes. You, and those yes. folks out at the farmers market you buy those plants from can can tell you a whole lot about how to plant them and so forth too take advantage of that. Okay, I, I have another question with with Gerald Adams. Um, Gerald, if you, if you, I don't know if you recall, you, I'm sure you get lots of people asking questions. But back earlier in the spring, I discussed with you about a anthracnose problem that I had with tomatoes and peppers, and and you suggested this fungicide that I use to drench the soil with and stuff like that. Um, do I want to drench my soil again this fall while I put it to rest, or should I just wait to do that in the spring? Do it before you have quite as much of a problem with the with the with the stuff this year, but I did have some issues with the anthracnose hitting some of the plants. Yes, it's hard to uh, it's hard to get rid of. I, most of what you're planting for the fall is not an issue in generally speaking. So I don't know that I would do it. It would be necessary to do it now, but I would definitely do it in the spring before you plant your summer stuff. Summer stuff, okay. All right. Well, you guys have a great program. I, I appreciate you guys taking time and talking to us. And even even after the show, Gerald, you, you helped me tremendously when we talked before, and I appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, uh, seeing you in the spring out there with all your tomatoes. Um, which brings up another question. I um, a, a friend of mine gave me some uh, some plants and stuff like that, and it turns out there was one tomato that was called Hungarian Heart. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that that's probably one of the juiciest and the best tasting tomatoes I've ever tasted outside of Cherokee tomato, Cherokee Purple. Yeah, I had a couple. I'm going to have a few more hearts. I've had more requests for heart uh, tomatoes because lots of people that like to do canning and sauce because they have so much juice in them they're good mm-hmm. candidates for that so i'm probably going to have a couple more options i don't know off the top of my head if that i have that particular seed but i'll take a look into the inventory i've got about seven or eight hundred different varieties yeah. so I, I may very well there will be i will have some more heart ones this coming season now i i still have a couple couple of those tomatoes left should i go in there and try to harvest some seeds out of there and just dry them and will that work or you you can do that but you you uh send me an email there's a special way you need to clean those seed and i'll send you a little thing on how to do that it's not as simple as just taking the seed out and letting them dry you've got to eat that uh coating off of them the enzyme that keeps them from sprouting okay uh and i'll send you a thing on how to do that I'll, I'll do that. Thank you very much. And you, and like I said again, thank you guys for your service. Appreciate it very much. Appreciate you being a part of the show, Richard. Thank you so right. much for for that call. Uh, okay, I mentioned, yes, sir. I mentioned Stan and uh, the potato question. He said uh, his eleven year old grandson uh, went fishing yesterday and caught a bass that was two pounds. And his name, not the fish, but the grandson is named Gerald. Okay. Well, yeah. well so a fine wanted, young man, obviously. want to tell you that. <laughs> Speaking of which, you have a uh, grandson uh, who is in business with you. Well, that's Henry, who's four. <laughs> and 
I next Wednesday I'm going my wife and I are going to Virginia to babysit our other two grandsons, yeah. Sean and Dylan, age about to be one and not quite three. Yeah. And we're carrying Henry with us. Good. Uh, uh, my I'll son and his you. wife are flying out to West for a wedding. So we will have all three of them wow. from Thursday give, give morning from Thursday morning to Sunday. Give so me a report all all along the trip. Hopefully I'll be sane when I get back. Henry will be the disciplinarian. No, he will be one to stir up the other two to help them run wild at a more uh, efficient okay. manner. Okay. Uh, and speaking of which, he uh, shares a, a website with you. He too. does, Gerald and Henry's Plants, uh, dot com. Uh, I've been expressing his desire for him to be better skilled at filling pots with soil. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get he'll get more experience with that. This Do you fall. have to bribe him with anything of a particular? At this point, no. When I say he'll when I say something to him, he'll tell my wife, he said, We got work to do. I see you in a little while. Yeah. So I take him to the greenhouse. Oh, okay. But his production has got to pick up a little bit. Yeah. Now, does he call into the program from time to time? Not yet calling in. He may very well be listening his this ears morning up. because his T-ball game got canceled yeah. uh, this morning. But uh-huh. he he likes doing things. So far, he's you know he'll pick up and clean up, and you point something. So he likes to be active. Hopefully, that won't, that won't wear off in the next five or six uh-huh. years. And Rufus, I am sorry to say the Emerald Isle Beach Music Festival has been canceled. Oh no, that's a huge thing. It is. Yeah. yeah. That is a shame. I love beach music. I love beach music, so I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure the Embers were gonna. Surely they were gonna play it at this. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they have an optional stop somewhere. <laughs> but stay off of 95. Uh, let's go to uh, Sue in Apex. Sue, good morning. Good morning. I have a question about a plant um, I've had. It's kind of a strange situation. Um, maybe not to you, but. Back no, we have we have some strange things, strange people, you know, all of that. Your lady, um, a friend of mine from church, she was very ill. She passed away a few days after I saw her. Oh. She asked me to. Yeah, she asked me to give. She asked me to take. She was giving me a gift of a cutting. She said it was an angel wing begonia. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about plants. I remember my mother had begonias on our front porch in window boxes and. Um, you know, they, I thought they were, it was a little six to eight inch high plant. No, so but, I planted, I, I um, it, it was in a, she had it, that's right, it was in water, a rooting. It was it had some nice roots on it, and I put it in a little pot, and it got bigger and bigger over the winter. I had it in the garage, and then this summer I planted it in a large pot outside, and that thing got huge. I've never in my life seen a begonia like that. It got like, it was up to my waist. And the blooms just hung down in clusters. And I was preoccupied part of the summer. My husband was sick, and then I was sick for a while. And basically, unfortunately, later in the summer, the branches, they were so heavy, they started breaking off. I should have um, I should have staked it, but anyway, I did not. And so now I've rooted a few of them, and I've, one of them has a few of the cuttings, and one of them has roots, and... I just wondered. I had never knew that angel wing begonias got this large. It was amazing. Well, like the ones in yes. in uh, Hawaii, as my <laughs> uncle Russell used to say. But yeah. I went to my husband and I were blessed to be able to go to Hawaii back in the late nineties. Yeah, yes. they're all over the place. But, but you will need, like, you know, the co- what I thought were poinsettias. 
Yeah. Like growing mm-hmm. like bushes and stuff. This is what this reminded me of. It was really strange. Yeah. Gerald, what, what were you, you saying? You, you will need to make cuttings every year because the cold weather will kill it. Uh, oh, I got you. I it's not something. It's generally speaking here, there. Last, it, summer, last winter, excuse me. It would be very unusual to see one come back. And they even now have what's called megawatt and whopper begonias, which are even a little bit larger than the angel wing. Wow. Yeah. What, what uh, color bloom does this one have? It was a, like, I, I guess you'd say a salmon color. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you see that, you see a red, you see a pink. Well, Gerald, uh, I, I've had luck, and I don't know whether yours, hers is in a pot or not, but I just stick that pot inside the garage, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's dead. Nothing could ever happen, and bring her back out. Right. And there she goes, and hmm. so I I think you can save it if you stick it in the garage, and it's going to look like it's dead, but don't worry. It ain't dead. My goodness. Well, unfortunately, some of the branches broke off, and it's looking kind of pathetic right now. I don't know. I'm, I've got a couple of cuttings, you know, rooting in water. Um, I, I don't know if I should just start fresh or kind of trim up the one I have left and bring it in the garage, which I can do. Well, I, I would try it up a little bit because they flop over, and, and occasionally I've had one just flop right out of the pot, root and all. Take, so that, take and make you some cuttings from it and put in water, and then take a dig up the what you have planted or a part of what you have planted and pot that up, and then you'll have multiple ways of saving it going forward for next year. And in the future, then, if it, I'm lucky enough to get one that large again, should I have been pruning it back or staking it, or what should I have done? I'd never. Well, you can cut them back sometimes earlier, and they'll bush out a little bit better. But even when they're happy, they produce so many blooms, it's not uncommon to see the limbs want to lay over and break off. That's well, kind of one I of the negative aspects. I that large. As I said, all I knew were the little tiny begonias. But. Dan, do you, uh, do you have any thoughts on, on her begonias? Uh, I mean, it sounds, I agree with these guys. It's not something that we grow at the North Carolina Botanical Garden. Um, but, you know, in some of the greenhouses that I worked with in the past, they treat them sort of the same way. Mm-hmm. They're amazing plants. It's very, very pretty. And, and it's something they'll bloom in, you know, a lot of shade. Uh, so it's it's a pretty unique. So adds a lot to the landscape when you have them. I found <clears> mine, uh, the angel wing, Gerald and uh, Sue, I put it way out in the dark sun, and it, it I mean, the very, very bright sun, and it did better when I put it back in a little shade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, in a perfect world, if it was getting morning sun and a little afternoon shade to take some of that excessive heat off of it in the summer, yeah. probably we would be happier. Yeah. But it's, it's a pretty, pretty tough thing. I'm moving some of my plants around this summer because there's one part of, the, of my yard that the sun was just so intense when we had that those 100-degree days, I'd have to shift them around. Mm. I do wonder if you had it planted in containers and it were something, you know, the soil mix weren't quite so rich or quite so mm-hmm. fluffy, they might not get so floppy. Yeah. You know, sometimes we see that, like, the, the growing in soil that's a little leaner, then they might, you know, not get so top-heavy. It's just like a lot of blooming plants. If you fertilize the, the tree or shrub, it, it you have more chance of getting green Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then you do the blooms. So, oh, okay. yeah, the f- and one other question: um, I had great pansies last year um, in a bed, and of course, and I probably left them in too long because they were doing so well. So, the petunias I planted didn't do well. It was too hot and too wet and so forth. But um, 
and then deer struck or rabbits. But this fall, I'd like to plant pansies again in the same bed. But then I wondered if I should plant something different. But I really like the over-the-winter flowering living type, or obviously living flowering plants. Was there anything besides pansies that would give me a colorful bed in the fall? Um, <clears throat> snapdragons will, but snapdragons are will bloom good in the fall, bloom good in the spring. They don't do much during the dead of winter where pansies will still tend to keep a little color to them so that's the only only difference in them but the snapdragons are deer proof the deer won't eat the snapdragons deer will get into pansies sometimes yes they will um i was able to keep them sprayed and and so forth and keep the deer off but it was a job um but they they won't touch the snapdragons we we plant them every year all over centennial campus and we hardly ever plant any pansies anymore because of the deer but the snapdragons, it's not an issue. Well, for somebody who said they didn't know that much about plants, I think you know a lot, uh, Sue. Uh, you certainly have a lot of interest. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And, and by the way, the uh, party in the peak in Apex is going on rain or shine today. So. Uh, well, we'll I'm, I'm getting over COVID. I'm doing Oh, fine. bless you. I'm sorry. I'll pass yeah. on that one then. A lot of people are. Okay. Well, I'm glad you could call us. Thank we're, you very we're all wearing masks. Thank you. Thank Bye. you very much. You have a good day. Uh, Gerald, the uh, Beaufort pirate invasion has been delayed. Today. Well, oh, dear. And, uh, so, Rufus, were you interested in that? I, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, I was just down in Beaufort last weekend. And what a beautiful town getting is. ready. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know when, when it's delayed. But uh, the uh, Mule Days parade it was canceled. Uh, that should have started around 10. But uh, everything else is going on. They had the rodeo last night. And. Uh, all the other activities, I suppose, are, are going on rain or shine. Uh, a lot of activities this time of year. and uh, But again, they, the Emerald Isle Beach Music Festival, which is a really big deal, I'm sorry, that but they are, they're more concerned about the wave, wave heights and rip currents and the <coughs> rain and wind down there right now. Uh, Horace is with us. Horace, good morning. You're on WPTF. Good morning, guys. Yes, sir. How can we help you? I first say I really appreciate and love the work and the services you guys perform. I'm a longtime listener. Well, thanks, thanks to all these experts who are, are on the show, and and uh, and thanks uh, we to all know you're one of them, Mike. WPTF. Well, <laughs> as as uh, I've quoted many many times, the great Wally Osley told me uh, decades ago to just sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> all right. And there's an art to that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm a I'm a longtime listener. Uh, and I had a little deja vu on that last segment. It's probably been plus 20 years. Um, the Arboretum took down some sections. I don't know how extensive it was. And I was a member of the uh, Triangle Wood Turners, and I was able to get some of the leftover cutoffs of the black locust wood. And we had a project with the Arboretum where we made bowls and stuff, and mm, the wow. two organizations split the money. So I don't know if that's a possibility with this or synergy now that maybe I could get some numbers offline and we could set that up between uh, even Chapel Hill has their own wood turning club now. So we can maybe make some money for both organizations. Yeah, uh, I remember that as well. Um, and certainly I think Jason could take your number and uh, I could follow up um uh, offline. Uh, we have had a few folks locally, um, you know, pick up some materials from some of the um, locust timbers that we took out when we took that structure down back in uh, December uh, and already turned some nice uh, candlesticks and some small bowls out of it. Neat. Yeah, that's really neat. Okay. 
Well, let's definitely do that. Um, but I would like to note online that uh, on the radio here that the black locust is a slightly uh, toxic type material. So uh, anybody that's using it needs to make sure they use some good ventilation. Oh, okay. Ex- excellent. Thank you for that. Yeah, very good. So, uh, yeah, it, Horace, if you'll hold on, and uh, Jason will will get your number. And, Jason, you did get Steve's number, too. Okay, all right. We got two numbers for for. Let's see, Horace and Steve. We got we got Steve back on here. Okay, Horace, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a wonderful day. You First too. Day of fall. Let's go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, you're here. What what a day it is. Uh, Wrightsville Beach looks uh, looks a little cloudy right now, but it doesn't look as certainly. Uh, you don't see the wave heights and and all of that. So it'd be a nice day at the if you can get down there. Okay, uh, Ophelia is still moving moving north north. Uh, west and i guess it'll start moving more northeast uh but the center is uh, in the greenville area i suppose and greenville rocky mount goldsboro i think are going to get the most rain uh the 95 corridor that we talk about a lot during storms is really going to get hit uh, with with a lot of rain so uh be careful if you're driving anywhere today but certainly on i-95 north because they will Certainly get a lot of rain up uh, toward Richmond, Roanoke Rapids, and uh, even the you know, probably the Williamsburg area. So uh, do be careful and stay with WPTF uh, throughout the day. Uh, Steve is back with us. Uh, the uh, Daylily Society, Hemera Callis uh, Society of uh, Wake County, Raleigh, is uh, back with us at the Garden Hut in Fuquay, Verena. And Steve, uh, still raining out there in Fuquay? It is still raining here. Yeah, it's wet. So uh, you have uh, daylilies until noonish today? Noonish, yeah. And uh, we've been having a pretty steady flow of people. Good. Um, I don't know how many have heard us on the radio. But, well, that's okay. Um, the ones that have. We're not worried. We've been on 38 years. What are they going to do to us? <laughs> I do. Hey, everybody, I. I tell them to watch, to listen to. I appreciate that. Uh, any any of our uh, listener family should do that. We appreciate. Yes, it. and and it's well worth the two hours or yeah. three hours. Three hours. Anyway, yeah. uh, we're going to be here until noonish. Uh, if you make it through, like I said before, if you can get here through this weather, I'll give you a bonus plant just to take home with you with whatever you get. That is a real and good thing. Of course, uh, Garden Hut's open. Yeah. And she's got some really good looking stuff uh, for Christmas already up. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Wow. They, they, she's famous yeah. for that. that. That always gets me in the Christmas spirit to come out to the oh, Garden I can't Hut. wait to yeah, see that yeah. again. Me too. She's got some beach themed ornaments that are really cute. So oh. it's uh it's uh, she's got some neat stuff this year. Wonderful. Anyway, uh Steve, have you got any of those really tall day lilies? You got any uh, tall day lilies? They're uh bare root day lilies. Okay. Right. Okay. No, he was talking about how how tall they get. Yeah, there you know, there's some oh, some of those five, six foot varieties. Anywhere from uh twenty four inches up to Four feet, okay. right? Uh, Wonderful. So you, 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 the the data sheets that we have with them uh, will tell you how big, the, how tall they get, how big the flower is, uh, their blooming habits, and all that stuff. So, and by the way, five dollars is a very, very good price. Yeah, that's a great price. 
Right, uh, and and that data is available on the uh, uh, Daylily website. Um, it's called the Daylily data- Database, and it's really easy to m- navigate. So uh, if you have a name of a Daylily you want information on, you can get your information that way. All right, very good. All right. Thank you, Steve, very much. Right. Yep, and uh, thank you for giving me the time and letting me call in. All right. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Sure enough. All right. We'll see you. Talk to you later. Steve, I mean, uh, Jason, do we do we need to take another break? Okay. We're good. Uh, Gerald, uh, a lot of people have been dealing with, with dead grass. It's not been a good year for fescue. I know. Real they, hot uh, summer. Yeah. The, the warm season grasses have looked pretty good. What uh, Tell us about planting. And this, this should be a... After we get rid of the rain, should be a good time to plant. Prime time to overseed your tall fescue now. Uh, you can't aerate too much beforehand. Uh, you, uh, I sometimes aerate seed and come back and run the aerator over after I seed it again because if you throw those seed in a hole or push those seed in the ground, they're most definitely going to come up. Uh, people that don't know or haven't done probably should do a soil test because if your pH is out of whack, you need to lime it because if the pH is out of whack, I don't care how much fertilizer you put out, the root system's not going to be able to take it up. Grass is not going to grow mm-hmm. uh, like it should. But uh, now's the time for fall fescue. Um, I think that uh, the the new NC State uh, Sola, which is a St. Augustine grass, which is an improved version of Raleigh St. Augustine, which has been the standard for years now. Uh, I was talking when I was out at the turf field day uh, with some of the people out there involved in developing that, and they say it will do just as good in shady areas as tall fescue with. Hmm. Sola St. Augustine's, and and is that available now? I guess we would plant that in May. That's right. It's a little bit available now, but it's supposed to be more widely available next spring. Okay. Uh, So that, for some people that just are tired of the fescue, fescue never-ending nightmare of reseeding, reseeding, spraying for fungicides and all that, may be something that they want to take take a look at. That's a sod? Yes, yeah. you're going to sod, uh, and it's uh, we've got a few little places where we're thinking about trying it on campus. Absolutely, you should yeah. uh, for that very reason. That I mean, it's just hard to have fescue if you don't have irrigation. Hard to have fescue if you don't, uh, you know, spray uh, fungicides for preventatively for brown right. patch. And right. even then, you have a hot, dryish summer like we've had this year. Every year you're overseeding, overseeding, mm-hmm. overseeding. Right, yeah. I think most turf specialists consider fescue a temporary grass. Yes, like in, this, in this part of the world. In the world, yeah. Dan, uh, you you uh, please mention uh, what's going on next weekend. Yeah, we've got our annual fall plant sale at the North Carolina Botanical Garden next Saturday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, we'll have... Uh, 175 plus um, different species and varieties of southeastern native plants available for sale. A lot of expert gardeners on hand uh, uh, give people some advice about what's going to grow well. We've also got a lot of local environmental groups that are going to come out and sort of be on hand to share the good work that they're doing and answer questions. Wonderful. And uh, you're right very, very near the Dean Dome. 
That's right. And yep. uh, the Fenley Golf Course, which is being renovated now, I believe. Yeah, big renovation there. Yeah. So if you want to find more information about uh, what's going to be available, our website's uh, ncbg.unc.edu. Yeah. Well, Mike, you. let's get in a Cliff Joyner. Let's get in a Cliff Joyner and, right. and a Shotwell plug. All right, here we go. You cannot do a kindness too soon, for you never know how soon it will be too late. Yeah, boy, yeah. I'll tell you. And we're out at Shotwell. Uh, it's still going on, from my information. Uh, hot dog. The the barbecues is running quickly. It'll, it'll be running quickly. So, Shotwell Smithfield Road. Uh, it's it's called the uh, recycling center. There, go on out there and have some fun. And yeah. by the way. Be the kind of person your dog thinks you are. Yeah, even yeah. if you don't have a dog. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very, very much. Nice. for Jason, thank you. Uh, thanks to our, our listeners and uh, callers. We love you all, and have a safe weekend. We'll see you next week for the Weekend Gardener.